To the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast, you are joined by uh, your two usual hosts here. We've got Tom Mannering. I'm back. He's back. He's he's made it out of that retirement. <laughs> how, uh, how how are you doing? And myself, Josh Hartley, by the way. How are you doing, Tom? I'm good. I've recovered from the retirement do as well. Uh, how was that, it? <laughs> it was good. It was really good. It was uh, it was the first time I'd been out in years, uh, and it was supposed to be uh, one or two. Uh, and yeah. then heading home, and they wouldn't let me go home. Uh, I I tried to leave four times, uh, and was told <laughs> in no uncertain terms by my boss, "You are not leaving." And I was like, "Wow, I don't think you can do that." Yeah, <laughs> not in a wow. not in a you know bad way, just in yeah, a kind yeah, of a tug in cheek way. Um, and then by about I don't know, must be about nine o'clock. Uh, I didn't want to leave. Because I was three sheets to the wind. Because uh, oh, so, this is the follow-up question: Is were you drinking? I was drinking. Yeah. I yes. Was, I was drinking responsibly. Uh huh. Initially. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it spiraled a bit, uh, and then I was very rough on uh, Good Friday uh, as a result worth, of. Worth it though. Um. Maybe I don't like hangovers. I mean, nobody likes no hangovers, one likes hangovers, but yeah. I really don't like hangovers. Okay. Uh, I, I'm a, I don't know what the right terminology for it is, but I'm a bad sick person. Like, okay. I, I am really like pathetic and really kind of like, you know, self-loathing and just like right. wimpy, and I just don't like I don't do sick well okay. uh, at all. Um, so yeah, I didn't didn't enjoy the the hangover, but I was I had a good weekend after that. I. I played some 40k uh, yeah. on, uh, on Easter Monday uh, with our good friend, friend of the podcast, uh, Scott Scott Mill, uh, and uh, I won again because you know, of course I did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just steer into this was, winning streak. Uh, so, so hold on, yeah. What was what was the matchup? What were you playing exactly? Uh, so we we played kind of a, a mock crusade game. Uh, so we used sort of the Crusade rules just for the game itself, mainly because it was what I was familiar with, and Scott hasn't played with the new edition. Yeah. So I said, let's just use Crusade because I know Crusade. Uh, I played using my my Gene Stealer cults, like just generic, not my Crusade force. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Scott was using his Tau, uh, which was interesting. Uh, yeah, how are they? Because I'm full. I haven't fought Tau yet. They're quite scary. Uh, so, I think from from Scott's perspective, Scott had never played before. He literally picked up the Tau Codex on his way over to my house. Right. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> he had no idea what his army could do, and you know, whilst we did sort of stop at a few times for him to have a look, he missed things as the game went on. And like at the end of the game, he was like, oh, "I had to realize I could have done this and this and this." Yeah. Uh, that really would have helped him. But they are they are quite good. Like they can shoot in combat. Like yep. they, they can shoot all their guns was, in combat. So. That was their big Achilles heel and they fixed it. <laughs> yeah, so I I charged sort of my gene stealers into him and they did a number, like my gene stealers mm. really kinda of won the game for me. Uh but I charged them into I charged my patriarch into one of his units, 
killed one of his battle suits and the other two just tore into him. My Patriarch barely survived. He did survive and killed the rest right. of them, but but it was pretty scary. It was a scary yeah, round yeah, of shooting. Yeah. And it, when he turned around to me, he's like, I'll shoot all the guns. I was like, no, Scott, I'm afraid you can only shoot your pistols in combat. They do not have pistols. And he's like, I think you'll find, actually, I can. I was yeah. Like, oh, no. <laughs> uh, so that was that was really good fun, though. Um, I had a really good good time with Scott uh, playing that. And then uh, we went for a wee drive to Starbucks as well and got some lunch. So it was a nice a nice Very day. nice. Yeah. Nice. Also, what about yourself? What, what have you been up to? I, too, have been playing 40k uh, since we have last spoke. Uh, I played another uh, crusade game against Matt and his uh, Deathwing uh, with my Death Guard. Death on death action. Um, we were playing the mission where both teams are trying to get to the opponent's deployment zone. Right. Um, and I took a strategy of, well, I'm really slow, so I'm just going to stop him from doing that. Um, and it ended up in a draw. So mm-hmm. um, I, I, that's my first not loss of, <laughs> of this crusade campaign. Oh, um I will take it. But there were some really cool moments in it for me. Um, I had uh, one of my agendas from the Death Guard Codex. Is You can only take it if you're fighting Space Marines. And right. It's, um, you've, I, I, and you have to have a Plague Surgeon in your, squ- uh, your force as well. Yeah. And the idea is there's a um, dead Space Marine on the battlefield. And your Plague Surgeon has to go and get the Gene Seed from it. Right, okay. Um, uh, and I just loved it because I, I've got um, Space Hulk, so I used the, the dead uh, Blood Angel model yeah. from that as the object, object uh, objective marker. That's really so, cool. We, yeah. had, uh, we, we had something a bit like that. Um, it was quite a cool moment where I'd run my Celt. So we were using um, sort of the Necromunda terrain, you know, like mm. kind of uh, walkways and that. Yeah. And I'd I'd run my Kelamoth underneath the walkway, and the Kelamoth's the 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 pistolero guy, and mm-hmm. uh, Scott had his commander like his really big battle suit guy, like up on the walkway on the other side, and like my Kelamoth just kind of like popped out and just like shot him like loads of pistol shots, and then like he looked down and like fired all like his weapons down at this little Kelamoth. And like left him on like one woods, like all the smoke clears, oh. and he just pops out with the pistols and shoots another like fusillade at this guy and just like guns him down. Uh, nice. It was really really cool. It was a good good fun uh, fun little combat. I think I had to, I think I killed him off with like gene steals. No, I didn't. I didn't even get the gene steals into combat with him in the end because I managed to I managed to gun him down. It was really good fun. Really really yeah. good fun. I'm really enjoying 40k at the moment. I'm I'm a bit inspired yeah, uh, yeah you got the buzz it's yeah. nice having that that like sort of hobby buzz for a game yeah we should, we should arrange another weekend we will we will, and we will hopefully matt weekend. will be able to join us this time <laughs> yeah no that'd be good i've got a few a few bits and pieces going on at the moment uh my mum's birthday is coming up and my dad's up so i'll i'll have to kind of work around that but we'll get something else yeah. uh wrangled in sooner rather than later and, and get another game i think will's away this weekend as well he's off to a tournament uh, uh, nice. He's been sending me his, his uh, pictures of his painted army. So I say army; it's like four models because uh, he's running giants and big dudes. Oh, so, right, I see. Uh, I see. He's he's going for like very high quality, like four model army. So there's some really nice pictures of that. If you uh, if you follow Will on Instagram, a little bit of a plug for for Will. Yep. Uh, I don't know his Instagram name, so go and look for 
for Will right. to see what you find. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it in the links. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, let's uh, let's move on. We've got a couple of things we're wanting to discuss uh, this week. Should we talk about our Star Wars game first sure. and the uh, the twist? We've had a plot twist, folks. What a twist! A, a significant one. Uh, it turns out that Dave, uh, who has been playing uh, finest pilot in the galaxy, Coro, um, has been a spy for the Imperium, uh, the Imperium, the Imperials, all along, uh, and true. he has now betrayed us. And while we are on an Imperial planet, um, and shit has well and truly hit the fan for us. It has. Um, it was a. It was a rough session for you guys. I my my Ardroid nearly got got. <laughs> Basically, I was very. Well, we we don't like just to give full context as well. We had also decided to split the party across mm-hmm. this city to achieve like a various number of tasks. Um, so I was all by myself in the spaceport <laughs> as well. And uh, when a whole squad of stormtroopers decided to descend upon me, and I'm just like there, <laughs> whirling away, trying to get away from them. Um, but I managed to uh, get to our ship, and our NPC companion, uh, Professor Ashur Sungazer, managed to save me. And now we've we're out of orbit. Now we've we've uh, we've jumped to a, a point of safety en route back to the rebel base. Um, that's you not, and Ashur Sungazer have not not the rest yeah, of the I, team I was just going to say not the rest of the party though they are still stuck down on this planet without the ship now <laughs> yeah so what, what Dave did was I don't know if this was by design uh, or if it's just dumb luck but the, the party had split up as you said to go and do these mm-hmm. different tasks on this Imperial planet waiting for another Imperial spy to actually arrive on the planet so that you could ambush him. So it's kind of funny that it's all sort of played out the way it has. Mm. Uh, and Dave went off on, on his own. Uh, and while he was away on his own, he approached the Imperial intelligence forces that you guys had sent him to watch uh, and told them that you guys were there, that you had an droid with uh, rebel intelligence, that there were two soldiers in the sort of slums uh, of this planet. Uh, and all hell broke loose, really. Like it was, uh, it's just absolute chaos as uh, you got kind of descended on uh, individually, and uh, you you were lucky to escape. Very lucky to escape because uh, you you and Asher neither of you had piloting, and you had mm-hmm. to uh, take off whilst obviously stormtroopers were surrounding the ship, which you eventually managed to do, and then uh, evade Tie Fighters that were launched after you as well. Uh, as you were leaving orbit, uh, and then you know, speed in a, uh, a hyperspace coordinates, uh, astrogate your way out of there. So you did. So that was really good. Uh, and then, kind of, uh, Scott and Ryan's characters, uh, Zhang and Kalistar, still aren't a hundred percent sure what's going on. They, they've kind of evaded the Imperials, but your safe house has been decimated, uh, and you've kind of been literally well they've been pushed underground and you're out of the the remainder of this story out pretty much because you just had to flee the planet yeah i mean right it was the only thing for it really i couldn't stick around so uh, and i got i I got the all clear from the rest of the party by the way i didn't just go peace see you guys (laughs) 
the thing is, like, if you if you'd stuck around in the the Great Fang, which is the party ship, you guys already knew. I I kind of told you out of character that there was a star destroyer that kind of patrols mm. this area, and you you kind of know that in character, and you know you know it's going to be well patrolled. Uh, so you could, it's not like you could stay in orbit. Yeah. Uh, and you know you were talking about sort of landing on the planet, but you had Tie Fighters following you, and they're just going to blow up the ship on yeah. on the when you land it. So you you did the only thing you could do. You know your your choice was either to abandon the ship completely and hope for the best, or or get out of orbit. And I think it's the right choice for you because it's not even like if you went back to the planet, you could have made your way back to the party. So yeah. uh, you're going to be picking up uh, one of the the NPCs for me. Uh, and kindly in the next session uh, and we'll see how it all goes you guys are uh, the other two are on their way to meet Dave uh, to rescue him from being uh, pinned down by the Imperials allegedly yes. but they're walking into an ambush so there's been a bit of a, a bit of a dark conversation at the moment where this is this is all going a bit rogue one uh, mm. and it's, it's not clear if the party are going to walk away from this one or if this might well be the end of uh of the Star Wars campaign uh, as you walk into an Imperial ambush and uh, R3 flies into the sunset. Uh, we'll see what happens. It's been really fun. Uh, it's I've, I've been waiting on it happening uh, and I did sort of prompt Dave before this part of the module and said, you know, you, you're going to probably find yourself at a bit of a crossroads uh coming up so you probably mm. want to have a think about what route you take and i didn't tell him one way or the other whether he, he decided to align himself with you guys and mm-hmm. all the rebellion long term or he decided to stay true to his imperial roots and sell you out and he went uh he went the sellout <laughs> i mean so long time listeners will remember that i played a, a traitor in a previous campaign or a hidden traitor in a previous campaign as well but uh, unfortunately, I got killed before I got to the payoff. Mm-hmm. So I, the thing that I loved about our session there was just seeing the this payoff in the most spectacular fashion mm-hmm. as well. It made it, it's made for a really cool story arc. Yeah, um, and uh, it's going to be fun playing through. And everyone was great, by the way, for not like meta gaming or anything like. Um, Scott and uh, Scott and Ryan are playing it as if Dave is still their friend. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to seeing seeing how this all pans out. It's 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 gonna be brutal. There's there's no way it's not. I just can't. I've been sort of planning it out over the the week since the session occurred, and I can't see a way it doesn't go brutally for someone. Uh, and it's it's interesting because your group so we've been running this Tuesday night group which was at one point in time a Monday night group mm-hmm. uh, has been going on for a decade nearly yeah we figured that uh, out the other the other night didn't yeah. we yeah <laughs> and uh, we've never had PvP like literally uh, yeah. we've had some people who've been like dominated or charmed attack the party but we've never had players have to actually stand on opposite sides of the field and uh, and engage one another, and that that looks to be what's probably going to go down mm-hmm. uh, when they meet Coro, uh, and either Coro won't walk away or uh, the two of them won't walk away. Yeah. 
Yeah. How do you, as a GM, how do you feel about like PvP and traitors and that sort of stuff? I don't love it. Uh, it's something that I uh, I said during the session there won't be any more traitors for a while. Um, obviously, when when you did it a few years ago. I had a very frank conversation with you at the gate and I said, look, if you do this, odds are you will die. Like, at some point in time, they're going to yeah. kill you. And that never panned out because you died to enemies. Random ghouls. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I had a very similar conversation with, with Dave. You know, I said, you know, it's there's every possibility. There was every possibility you guys could have found him out before this moment. There have been mm -hmm. checks been made in the background to see if, you know, you've detected the messages he's been sent and stuff. And, and I mentioned in the game that you've come close on a couple of occasions. There's yeah. been literally a point or two in it. Um, but he has managed to evade detection up until now. Um, and I, I said to him, you know, ultimately, you may well find yourself being killed for this, um, which may well be the case. The thing is, that I, I don't... I don't love PvP as a GM purely because I don't want a party that are at each other's throats or they're suspicious of each other. Yeah. Um, I have said this will be the last time it will happen for a while because I don't want people looking over their shoulders. Yeah, uh, thinking, ah, oh, they're gonna they're gonna stab me in the back. Yeah. Soon. I think had your arc panned out, I probably wouldn't have allowed Dave to do it. Right. Uh, but I think because we never actually got that moment we've never had this kind of play out in a group it was a nice opportunity for you guys as a group to to kind of you know play through this and see how it pans out and uh you all seem to have responded to it quite positively you looked shell-shocked when when it came out like i was watching you on the camera and you were just sort of like sort of a gawp just like <laughs> what is going on uh and i spoke to scott scott comes over to mine for the games because yeah. uh, his internet's garbage and uh he said like he he said he, he had some suspicions but not to the extent that it kind of it panned out and he was a bit sort of surprised as well yeah i think my because uh, i started like out of character started feeling a bit suspicious about dave earlier in this little arc that we're playing because he deliberately didn't say certain things that he should have said mm -hmm. um which could have been someone forgetting to do something yeah but but i was like mm, this seems a bit mm. but i i didn't think too much of it i was more i think i was more in shock of not so much oh my god he's a traitor but oh my god this is the worst possible time for this to happen this is a disaster <laughs> and it, it, is, it is it is it's a terrible time I mean, I've been in, I've been in PvP situations as a player, and there is a certain way for it to happen, and I think you need to. And I've had this conversation with you guys as a group. It needs to be done in good faith. You know, everybody yeah, kind of needs to be. You need to accept that this is an in-game thing. This isn't personal. You know, everybody needs to kind of shake hands and and accept that you know this is just going to be a bit of fun and it it plays out the way it plays out. I've been in situations where that hasn't been the case. Uh, and it has been in bad faith and I'm not proud to say that I'm probably the one who instigated the bad faith element of it uh, <laughs> because I didn't like one of the the player characters uh, mm -hmm. well no, that's a lie I liked the player character, I didn't like his character I'll, I'll clarify that 
Um, but that kind of crept into uh, the gameplay and the party that I was in literally uh, splintered into a civil war uh, where they they threw down in the middle of their keep, uh, decimated both, both factions, so there were only a few men standing, mm-hmm. right in time for one of their enemies to walk into the keep and... Uh, and take over the place. Yeah, finish the job. They'd been fighting each other. So, uh, and that, that was done in a degree of bad faith. And, and I learned a lot from that as a player, as to, you know, what I wouldn't do as a GM. And uh, Yeah, I, I think the difference in the, these scenarios, though, is, if, if I don't mind, that that seems a bit more spontaneous. Whereas, uh, certainly the character that I was playing, and I'm assuming... It's evident with Dave as well because we've now since learned that his real class, uh, so his real career in this is Imperium, Imperial Spy. So we've we've created characters right from the get go, just saying right, we're gonna we're gonna betray the party. This is why we're doing it, um, and and yeah, like I, I remember us having that conversation about you know Ellard, you, you realize Ellard, Ellard will likely die, and I was like, yep. Yeah, that's cool. It's going to make a cool story. So I think that's and I, I think that's why we've all responded really positively to this mm-hmm. because it's made for an amazing story. Um, yeah, and and I think that's the right way to be with it. I think weirdly having it planned takes a bit of the sting out of it because when you can turn around and say, actually, this has been on the card mm-hmm. since day one. This is something you know the seeds have always been there. There's been little hints of it if you've if you've kind of looked for them or seen them uh, throughout the course of the campaign. It it takes that sting out, out of it being like a personal betrayal, like the yeah. player has turned against you because it's it, it's not it's the character within the story has mm-hmm. turned against you, and, and that's where you've got to get that differentiate you know that different differentiation into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not always the case with like spontaneous PvP or or in my case it was like a, a boiling point almost. It was yeah. like you know, frictions kinda just came to a head and not the first time I've I've had PvP either, but uh, <laughs> uh I tend to I, I, I I've i I've said this before and I do kind of stand by it. I'm a much better GM than I am a player. Uh I'm a very disruptive player. Right. Uh and I'm I'm not the best at having other people's ways. Right. Uh, so I kind of learn from my own mistakes. <laughs> if yeah. I see see people doing the things I do, I'm like, "Hoy, stop oh, it!" <laughs> Got to rein this in. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, I'm very aware of that. Uh, I'm better now. I'm older and wiser. Uh, but yeah, definitely. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it, and, and we'll obviously comment on uh, on how it all plays out in a, yeah, in a couple of weeks. Stage- Stay tuned, guys. We'll, we'll, we'll next week, in fact, it'll be next week's yeah, episode. Next week. Uh, so, uh, the other thing that we wanted to talk about this week, and I actually, this is embarrassing because I actually don't know when this got announced. It must be relatively recently because it seems to have fallen underneath my radar. Tom yeah. is diligently bringing up the announcement article as we speak. Um, <laughs> it looks like it was March. Okay. So, re- recent ish. Um, so, uh, Pathfinder. So, Paizo are publishing a Pathfinder adventure module, not unusual, but they are publishing it for fifth edition D and D, which um, took me by surprise. But before we recorded, we were chatting about it, and, and Tom, 
give us a history lesson here as to why this is maybe not such as so weird as it sounds. Okay, so I don't want to sound smug here because it took me by surprise as well. I had no idea this was happening. So uh, I was explaining to Josh once we'd both kind of become aware of this that uh, Paizo and Wizards do have a previous affiliation. Uh, Paizo being the people uh, that published Dragon Magazine back in sort of third edition of, of Dungeons and Dragons. And a lot of the people who now work at Paizo at the fairly senior level were people involved heavily in that magazine uh, writing content for that. And subsequently, uh, when they broke off fully for Pi- to be Paizo itself, they published modules for Galarian, which is the setting that uh, Pathfinder is set in, but they used the rules for, for Dungeons & Dragons 3.5. This was before Pathfinder was really a thing and it had its own rule set. Uh, then when Wizards moved or moved D&D to 4th edition, uh, Paizo took on the, the 3.5 rule set, which became Pathfinder, and then we have the two companies that we kind of have now. Um, what's interesting is that since that divide if you will since pathfinder became its own thing and fourth edition and subsequently fifth edition became mm-hmm. their own thing we haven't really seen any cross-pollination between the two mm-hmm. you know they've kind of sat on their own sides of the fence and they've been their own things now this is where i think it gets a little bit contentious and, and this is kind of a personal opinion piece but they're saying that they want to bring the world of Galarian to the audience of fifth edition, which is not dismissible. That's a fair point mm-hmm. to, to make. And uh, Jason Bullman, who is, is one of the heads of, of Paizo, has, has responded uh, via Twitter, uh, the, the most official of uh, conduits, and said, <laughs> uh, Pathfinder's not in trouble doing a fifth edition version of the abomination vaults is a chance for fifth edition folks to check out our world and stories pathfinder second edition is doing great and we're excited to put out more material for it in the coming years you just wait we have so much more in store now Mm -hmm. he's not wrong in what he says it is a way to give people this opportunity yeah however if your product was doing so strong. Bearing in mind, Abomination Vaults has already been published for second edition. Mm-hmm. Would you really want to be supporting your competitor's brand with a supplement? Because you can't play this without the fifth edition exactly. products yeah. that you can only buy from Wizards or get illegally off various sources online, which you shouldn't do, but a lot of people do. Um, and that's kind of a that's kind of where my head is and and that's further kind of supported we were looking at the stats from roll 20 which is not the only place people play games you know you've got fantasy grounds online and you've obviously got in-person games so this is a snapshot if you will yeah uh but we think we were talking about this we think it's as good as litmus test as any because why why would why would roll 20 be skewed one way or the other yeah really uh and well they support both fifth edition and pathfinder products as well on it so they do in fact support both so looking at that if you look at their quarterly report from the end of 2021 we're getting quite nerdy here talking quarterly reports but bear with us uh the majority of the games run on there 55 percent of the games run on roll 20 are dungeons and dragons fifth edition that's it's staggering 
That's humongous. Comparatively, the the next highest system in the fantasy genre is not Pathfinder Second Edition. Mm-hmm. It's Pathfinder First Edition, which is three point three percent, which is such a speck of that compared to that fifty five percent. And then Second Edition, the game that is doing strongly, uh, is at one point one four percent. Which is so less than a. Th- it's just less than a third. Three times as many people are playing the first edition. The first edition. And I said to Josh, we looked at the quarter one reports for this beforehand, and I said, oh, well, you know, you'll probably see first edition start to drop down and second edition drop off as yeah, because people. people- People have long-running campaigns. We were one of them. Yeah, uh, you know, we contributed to these stats. So, so as um, as those sort of first edition campaigns finish and more content comes out for second edition, you'll probably see a shift. But that's not what we've seen. We've actually seen an increase in, uh, well, not an increase. We've seen first edition stay higher and second edition get lower, which is which is insane for something that is supposedly doing well. Mm-hmm. So I. I don't really buy into it, to be honest. Like, and I think this is kind of Paizo's way to to dip their toe in uh, fifth editions, well, you know, and, yeah. and get a bit of that wealth. And I don't begrudge them it. I actually no. think it. I don't know it if it makes the, sense. It's, it's yeah. a smart move. Now, when you put everything into context, it's like, yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, just do do supplements for the really successful system. Yeah. And that's that's what they used to do. And I mean, I don't know, I don't want to see Pathfinder fail, right? This this is mm-hmm. the thing. I actually I said this to you before we started recording. I love Pathfinder. I love first edition. Uh, it's very rules heavy. It's very crunchy. But there is a place for it, especially in my heart, because it's a system that I really kind of grew into role play. You know, I started role playing with D and D when I was like a teenager and stuff. But I got really heavy into my role playing when I started doing like. Uh, the campaign with you guys and like mm-hmm. PFS and doing all the stuff there and like you know being the the venture captain for Scotland you know it, it, there's, it's a lot of fondness for me in in Pathfinder mm. I don't really care for second edition um, but I still support first edition in running it and playing it I was playing it literally last night um, so I would love to see it succeed but you know the numbers don't lie. You know, fifth edition is clearly the stronger system. So I've got a couple of follow-up questions here because when you talk about your love of Pathfinder, you talk a lot about the rules and mechanics there. How do you feel about the setting? I love the setting as well. Right. Uh, so, yeah. so Pathfinder Society is set in Galarian. It's in their mm-hmm. official setting. It's actually a, a really so it's it's a really lazy setting in a lot of ways because it basically has everything. It has like yeah. They have, you know, uh, a sort of uh, samurai Eastern uh, analog. They have, you know, uh, a futuristic location. Mm -hmm. They have like a Western location. They have a horror location. So they basically kind of their countries sort of encapsulate certain moods or styles or tropes. Yeah. Yeah. That you might want to play in, you know. Uh, so if you want to play in a horror setting, you're playing like Ustalav. If you want to play in like a demon setting, you're playing like the World Wound or or Last Wall. If you want to play in, uh, you know, the uh, the sort of samurais and ninjas and things like that, you could play in places like Minkai and uh, Tianzia. Um, 
and, and all these kinds of places. And, and I, whilst it is to a degree a little lazy, it actually kind of works. Um, yeah. And it's a lot of fun. And like I ran, so like our first campaign when, when myself and Josh started playing together was set in Galarian. And it was set in Absalom, uh, which was the Agents of the Valkyr, which which then kind of grew into its own thing. I run a Saturday night campaign, uh, which is set in Galarian, based out of Andoran. I play a game every other Wednesday, which is set in uh, a combination of Last Wall and Ustalav. We kind of jump between the two. Um, so I love it. I think it's a great setting. I think it would... I'm interested to see how it how much of this adventure module ports the setting for 5th edition as well? Well, I, I've got to imagine it's a lot. Because this is it, to me. This is the USP for this mm-hmm. uh, module. Is This is you, this is how you, you can use 5th edition and run a game set in Galarian. Mm-hmm. You know? So, um, I've got to imagine that they've put a lot of flavour into it. One of the strengths of 5th edition is, because it is generally setting androgynous you know it's kind of it can be any setting yeah uh setting universal is probably a better way of putting that Mm -hmm. um you can basically pour any setting onto it which is exactly what wizards do you know they have like setting books for critical role forgotten realms eberron ravenloft you know uh you've got and all the magic stuff as well yeah, uh, so you've got a wealth of different settings that bolt onto the rules. And it's not hard to actually do that. Even with like deities and things like that, they actually mm-hmm. pour over very, very easily because I've done it. <laughs> uh, so I know it's actually really easy to pour over deities from different mm-hmm. uh, rule settings. So I don't think that'll be an issue. And that's, that's one of the benefits of 5th edition. Now, Pathfinder can actually do that as well. Mm-hmm. but they tend to be a little tighter bound to their own setting and gods for, for good reason. You know, that's where their yeah. money is. Um, so I think, it, you know, it's it's a benefit of 5th edition. It's it's something mm-hmm. that it's why, it's why they're going to be doing it and it'd be an easy thing for them to do for the most part. I think the only thing I would think is going to be a challenge is if you're, if you've never played in Galarian, you've never played Pathfinder, maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna. It's gonna be kind of a harder sell, I think, for you, because they're saying obviously we want to introduce this to like people that haven't seen our world, our setting, our stories, and I agree yeah. with them. And I suppose like the 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 question is like, okay, why why do I want to set a game in Galarian as opposed to the Forgotten Realms? Yeah, and right? that's because they are. Similar flavors of fantasy. I'll say, um, I think Galarian's more diverse mm-hmm. in its in its like influences. I'm, I'm not I'm not too au fait with the the uh, setting of the Forgotten Realms, but stuff that you've been describing there, like a near se- uh, science fiction setting or like um, a, a far eastern setting and the like. I don't know if they exist. They do, the, have, they do have analogues uh, yeah. to a degree, but not as stark. It's probably not as the, pronounced. Yeah. As, yeah. Um, you know, the, Galarian has no issues having, you know, a, a wilderness next to a sci-fi continent. Uh, Pirates versus ninjas. Yeah, you, you can literally do that very easily. In fact, I think there is a module that has pirates versus ninjas in it. 
Um, yes. You know, Pathfinder. Why have we never? Why did we never play that, Tom? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of modules we haven't played, mate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the thing is, like, one thing I always really liked Paizo for was they were they never shied away from kind of going a bit gonzo and going a bit kind of like, you know, there's a module where you you get teleported to Soviet, not even Soviet Russia, like post pre-Soviet Russia and fight Rasputin. Like, you know, it's... Yeah, love it. <laughs> like, it's it's mental. Um, you you know, normally only ever see that sort of stuff in comics. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, and there's, there's, there's loads of stuff like that where, the, you know, they, they really kind of like just kind of go a bit mental. And you don't see that quite as much in, in modern day uh, fifth edition. They have done it a little bit more like Descent into Avernus, uh, which you're playing through, aren't you? Hopefully yes. this isn't a spoiler for you. I'm hoping that you've passed this part. But that we're, has... we're, we, we are in Avernus and we've ridden the war machine. Okay, that's what I was going yeah. to talk about. Yeah. That, that has you doing a Mad Max style like race on demonic war machines through... Yeah, it was super cool. Through a hellscape. My, my half-orc barbarian is the designated driver. Okay, that so seems I've wise. got like, the best dex <laughs> skill. No, I've got the second best dex because we wanted um, the rogue with the best dex being the gunner. Okay, that's cool. So that yeah. that you know was a bit more like I was like okay that's kind of that's them going a little bit more in in that line which I I thought was really cool um, as well so that you know they are they are clearly opening up to a bit more outlandish content which is is not necessarily a bad thing um, so yeah I, I think I'm not against it right that's that's the bottom line I'm I, I think maybe Paizo are being a bit. And I mean, they can't say right. You can't say our products do shit. Like that's not no, no, it's no, not no a right, the right that. thing to do from a business perspective. But I think being like, oh, you know, our product's strong and our futures, you know, the futures orange and all this lot, like, is mm-hmm. is maybe a bit more cocksure than I would be comfortable being <laughs> uh, if I were them uh, when I'm releasing products for our main rival. Um, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe it will be the the bolster that they need uh maybe it'll draw some people over who knows who, who can say it? and at the very least it's more content for fifth edition so. yeah which is never a bad thing that's a that's a win really yeah uh i would run it uh that, that i'll say that i would run it all right okay the one thing that i was a bit gutted about is they are pies are still doing really good modules i've i've picked up a few of the modules just the pdfs i've picked up a few of the pdfs for their new newer second edition modules because I'm interested mm-hmm. in the story and you know what what tales they're telling, mm-hmm. um, and they look to be really interesting. Uh, they look to be really cool content, uh, but I I would never, I don't have the time to convert them to, to first yeah. edition, uh, and I probably wouldn't run them. But this way, who knows? You know, I have a wealth of fifth, fifth edition books. I have everything I need to run it. I might well pick it up and and give it a run. Uh, yeah, because I can. <laughs> Yeah, why not? Why not? Right, yo, so that's just about uh, all we've got time for. Just before we sign off, though, a regular reminder that we do, if you do like what you're listening to and you want to show your support to us, you can do so by going to our Patreon and uh, donating as little as a pound or a dollar and just all goes towards the running costs of the podcast as well. And if you can't do that, Tom, what can they do? They can uh, like us, they can share us, they can rate us, they give us a review, uh, they can 
do any of the social media things. Yes, uh, the social are, media call to arms stuff. Yeah, like yeah. share us on Twitter, Instagram, your OnlyFans. You know the you know the drill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you as always for listening, guys. And until next time, take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you.